I don't believe in no one's scenarios. Data, 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 I cannot make bricks without clay. I don't know where you get your delusions, laser brain. <laughs> Hello and welcome to a special Cheeky Scientist radio show. I am Isaiah Henkel. And today we are going to talk about project management in industry. We're going to go over a lot of different key terms and discuss different project management methodologies too. We might touch on some other uh, vocabulary words uh, as we we go along that uh, maybe cross some boundaries like risk management and change management. This is important because if you're still in academia, you might think you manage projects and you manage your thesis project and maybe smaller projects, you get projects done, but the level of structure that is required to manage projects in industry is much greater. There are uh, lifestyles of project management in industry. There's a lot of different factions of project management. Some people will go to conferences that are a week long and learn about one style of project management for the entire conference. Companies dedicate millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions, sometimes billions of dollars on project management because how projects are managed will determine what gets done in a company. Things like budget, timelines, right? The, the scope of the project, the milestones, the quality, all of these things together, that is project management. So I think it's important first to prof- provide an understanding of what a project is in industry. Okay. So think about it in terms of four different parts. In academia, we usually plan a project, let's say an experiment in a lab, a lesson plan, and then we execute. We get some data, negative or positive. Then we go back to planning and then we execute. This is only half of the equation in industry. There is a very specific and structured uh, phase that comes before the planning phase called the initiation phase. The initiation phase has uh, paperwork that we are often not familiar with in academia, such as a statement of work or a project charter. There might be a project management office where projects need to get approved first via project charter and or statement of work. This needs to be done before entering the planning phase, which of course comes before the execution phase. And then finally, there's a prolonged closure phase where the project is analyzed. And this goes much deeper than whether or not you got positive or negative data. So think about it in in terms of those four parts. And there's a lot of signing off on different parts of a project before going from one phase to another. This is called phase review. And this should make sense to you when you think about how industry is organized. When there's, you know, uh, think of a a lab that has, uh, you know, depending on what country you're in, let's say the in the U.S., the R01 grant, right? A little over a million dollars for that lab for several years, even if there's multiple grants still. This is a very small business in comparison to industry where it can be easily hundreds of millions of dollars. For a lot of the pharmaceutical biotechs that you're familiar with, 
can even be billions of dollars. Their, their annual revenue can be more than the GDP of a small country. They could have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of employees worldwide when you consider all their different subsidiaries, sister companies, and so, and so forth. How do you get things done on that scale? Very, very specific attention is paid to project management. So it's important for you to understand this, even if you don't want to be a, a, a project manager, right? A quote unquote project manager as the job title in industry, because you will be asked questions that will be related to how the company gets stuff done. They're hiring you to get stuff done in whatever role you're applying to. Can you get stuff done according to their project management methodology? Do you even know which project management methodology the company is using? Now, if we look at the definition of project management, think of it as the convergence of budgets, timelines, right? The, the scope, what, what needs to get done, the, the actual milestones. And then where all these things converge is quality. And it's never perfect. That's what a lot of PhDs struggle with. It's, you know, sometimes you have to sacrifice what's the best and what's right because there's a tighter deadline or a smaller budget, right? Which could decrease quality. So you maybe get it done on time on budget, but the quality is not quite where it should be because you didn't have the budget to make it even better. And this is something that employers are really concerned with when it comes to hiring PhDs, which is why we're spending time on it. They want to make sure that you understand that sometimes you, you will have to balance all of these different factors out to get a project done in the best way possible for that situation. Things are contextual. So the, the type of project management you are most familiar with, very likely coming out of academia, whether or not you know it by this name, is the waterfall model of project management. This is where it's a, it's a sequential, non-iterative process made of discrete linear phases that do not overlap. Okay, you are not allowed to return and change to the previous phase, right? That's why it's like a waterfall. You can go down, but not back up. It's very rigid. It's efficient for some types of projects and some companies use a combination of waterfall plus others that we'll talk about, right? So you set up an experiment, you design it, you execute the experiment, you get some data. And it's only once you have that data, do you know if you have to redo the experiment? So think about it as blocks going from one block down to the next block to the next block, hence the name, the waterfall methodology. All right, so that's one type. Now, in industry, many companies, especially in the, the biotech space, uh, you know, pharma a little bit, tech certainly, Agile, right? Agile project management. You may have heard of this. There's a lot of buzz still. Uh, it was actually invented by a PhD who noticed that there was a deficiency in project management in academia. It consists of a series of regular and consistent iterations called sprints. Right at the end of each sprint, the team, right? There's usually these smaller teams. They have to deliver results and discuss how the project is advancing. Advancing. So really aims at discovering what deliverables are needed for the project as early as possible. Lots of monitoring the progress of the project, right? To really accelerate the learning of the teams uh, that are a part of it, or the, are a part of the project. So they wanna make sure that the, the, the product or the service, the treatment, the drug, et cetera, the medical device will be able to grow and extend effectively 
right? The project behind it, like let's say you're creating a new medical device or there's some new drug you're creating or, or some, some biotechnology device. Very useful in these cases, especially with smaller teams. As the team gets bigger, it can be hard. Sometimes they combine the agile methodology with the waterfall method. They call this agile fall. I'm going to be going over a lot of terms. If you've made it this far in the radio show, I'm going to try to cover not just agile project management, not water, not just waterfall, not just agile fall, but lean six Sigma, even PM Boke. What does that stand for? What about a work breakdown structure? They're related. I'll talk about that. Alternative analysis, project blueprints, business plans, burn down charts, Gantt charts, go, no go iterations. We already talked about that a little bit. Kickoff meetings, lean manufacturing, if you've heard of this, or just lean project management, right? How lessons are learned and documented, the life cycle of a project we've touched on, return on investment. So we'll see if we can get to risk management and talk a little bit more in detail about maybe even some topics more related to kind of legal and IP like commercialization, joint venture, memorandum of understanding, non-disclosure agreements, and so forth. As a project manager, getting into the space or anybody that's going to be doing the project, it's important to understand these terms. We talk a lot on this show about speaking the language of industry. Before you get hired, to get hired, you need to speak this language. Okay, let's go back to it. Uh, more methods of project management. Six Sigma. This really encompasses a set of techniques and tools for process improvement. It's real. It's more widely applied to, I would say, process management. Uh, it was it was made popular by GE. Uh, it's it's still something you should be familiar with. It really tries to uh, it, its focus is eliminating product or services defects, right? So. It uses a lot of quality management methods to improve and optimize a product. So think about it, a very long assembly line, right? There's Six Sigma, there's Lean Six Sigma. So if you understand just the fundamentals of these method, methods, uh, you'll be better off. Really, Six Sigma uses data, right? Looks at different data points, different quality control checkpoints, as well as the overall quality assurance of like a manufacturing assembly line. It's the easiest way to visualize it. And it focuses, again, much more on, on the quality management, much more on the process management. So what's a process-heavy process form of project management, if you were asked that question? Six Sigma, right? Lean Six Sigma, just more of a collaborative team effort, right? Uh, different teams are broken down to focus on systematically removing that waste, right? Re reducing variation. It's when you get to commercialization, you want the same exact drug to come out every time. You want the same exact instrument to come out every time. This is when Six Sigma becomes important. Scrum, if you've heard that term, right? This is a type of agile project management used a lot in tech. Really, it's like the most agile of agile, if you can think about it that way. Lots of really short sprints, like a, a week-long sprint for a new feature for a tech device. So if you hear Scrum, that's what it's referring to. Alternative analysis, right? This considers different possible courses of action. It's similar to thinking about what would be the best methodology to run an experiment, right? So what, what would be the best way to do an experiment that'll lead to the best results for publication? So that's what you would also do for a product or a service. The goal of the analysis is to study different courses of action, right? So this is something you do naturally as a PhD. What, what, you know, you have contingency plans for an experiment, for example, that's alternative analysis in industry. Uh, 
Now, there's a different type of project management that's called PM Boke. PM Boke. If you've ever heard that as a project management, it means project management body of knowledge. And it's very didactic. Okay. It relies heavily on WBS, which is short for work breakdown structure. Right. So a work breakdown structure, it's a hierarchical decomposition of the total scope of the work to be carried out by the project team. Now, WBS breaks down deliverables, not the project, right? So think about the project as a um, ancestry tree. That's kind of what it looks like. You know, so if, if you have, you know, let's say, think of something simple, like a, a bicycle, right? So the bicycle will be at the top. And then this breaks down into seven different parts, the frame, the crank, the wheels, the braking system, shifting system, integration project. And then the, the, the project management of all of that together is actually one of the structures that's broken down in the WBS. And then from there, so you'd break down further the frame set, right? So you think of like a higher, uh, you could also think of a company's hierarchy chart. That's kind of what it looks like. So the frame set breaks down into four parts, the frame, the handlebar, the fork, the seat, Okay, the wheels breaks down in the front wheel, the rear, rear wheel, and so on. And so you break down all the different components. So you could do all of the different components of the project, but one of the components very often of the project is the management of the project. So work breakdown structure, and it, it forms these different levels, but the bicycle is level one, right? Frame set, crank, wheels, braking system, everything that I listed off previously, that's the second level. Third level was, you know, the front wheel, the rear wheel, etc. Lots of ways to organize. Now, here's the key. Once again, every company has its own project management system, its own tools that it relies on. Some companies will use a Gantt chart. I didn't even know what a Gantt chart was in graduate school. I had, I think I have had seen them. They're most commonly just created in, you know, an Excel file, and it has like a, a dashboard, right? Um, there's, there's, well, there's different software programs that have a dashboard that create Gantt charts for you. But if you think about it in terms of an Excel file, uh, the columns are all different time periods, right? And you could have you know, every week with every column being a day. And then the tasks are the rows and they're you know, broken into groups. And then the, there's little bars, right? So you could have a, a certain task that would take seven days and then you have those seven cells, one color, uh, and you could see where the activity, the activity crosses over with the dates, right? So that's the best I can do, I think, to uh, give you a visual of it uh, via the radio show. Gantt chart, and it's spelled, it has kind of a, a funky spelling. So it's G-N-A-T-T, G-N-A-T-T. Definitely learn what a Gantt chart is. Uh, there is a CPM, the critical path method, right? So the critical path represents the longest possible path you can take to complete a project. If you hear an employer talk about that, that's what they're talking about. Identifying the critical path allows you to prioritize resources properly, right? It's like, think of like the limiting factor. Again, your brain's wired for this already as a PhD. It's very common to track and manage a critical path with an algorithm for scheduling project activities called the critical path method or the critical path analysis. So P CPM or CPA. Um, sometimes these replace Gantt charts, especially when projects have more than 50 activities. That's kind of the cutoff. Right, so lots of questions that you know that an employer could ask here, even if you don't want to be a project manager. Uh, PERT, right? So these are uh, review technique tools 
which analyze the time and tasks necessary to complete a project while incorporating the uncertainties. Uh, this is called PERT. So uh, a CPM was designed for planning and control and the PERT for production and management. Production management, so you can look this up, P-E-R-T, if you wanna learn more about PERT. There's lots of other, there's getting, there's different uh, really methods overall. A lot of them were, uh, sometimes they're, they, they, uh, are, they can even be like pop culture phenomenons for project management, right? Don't break the chain. That famous article by Jerry Seinfeld, um, one of the more famous books in project management, Getting Things Done by David Allen. Uh, other techniques, the Pomodoro technique, mind mapping, flow time, Zen, the Kanban method, K-A-N-B-A-N, if you want to look that up. Lots of, lots of different things to look into here. But again, it's a, it is very robust in industry, and you will be a part of it one way or another. So what's a blueprint? What's a project management blueprint? It's just a document that delineates the goals of a project. Sometimes it will also describe how the project will contribute to the organizational objectives. That's really the difference here, right? So how does a project relate to the overall corporate strategy? That's the difference of a blueprint versus a statement of work or a project charter, although there can be, over, be some overlap. A business plan, right? That's more of a written document describing the nature of the business. Sometimes you have to write a business plan as a, a, even as a project manager. It's something that's more typically done at the level of a business development manager. But again, uh, uh, just a definition of it is a written document describing the nature of the business or the, the venture in the business, right? The, the overall strategy, uh, the financial background, right? The projected profit and loss is important for this kind of planning. And that's why a lot of business development managers are required to create such a plan. We talked about Gantt charts. There's also something called a burn down chart that's used more for scrum and agile project management. Uh, it's a graph showing the relationship between the number of tasks to be completed and the amount of time left to complete the task, right? So over time, the number of tasks goes down. So you want to race to zero. There's a lot of metrics that you can measure to see how quickly you can race to zero during sprints, these short periods of time to do the project when you're doing it in an agile uh, format. Go, no go, stages of a project, right? When it's decided whether the project will be kept alive and progressing or not. This is something a lot of PhDs have a hard time with, right? We always hear horror stories about industry. They could just kill a project. That can be good. How many times have you worked on something you know wasn't going to work, but maybe your PI wanted you to? How long did your PI work on something that wasn't even going to lead anywhere, but they had to for a grant? What a waste of time. It can be good to kill projects, right? That's, that would be the no-go part of the go, no-go. Uh, it's much easier uh, in industry to make a case for not doing something that's not worth your time, that's not going to advance the company, the project, your career. Um, kickoff meetings. So the first meeting between a project manager and a project team and all the stakeholders, the people that are going to be required to get that project done. So if you hear of a kickoff meeting, it's not like a, you know, just a random meeting at the beginning of the day. That's called a stand-up meeting. But a kickoff meeting is the kickoff meeting for the project. This could be also information gathering for different documents that a project manager or the person who will be leading the project needs, and they'll need information from different team members. 
uh, lean manufacturing, right? So a systematic production method that originated in Japan and is based on minimizing the waste within a manufacturing system. Industry loves this term, lean manufacturing, okay? But they love it in pharma to use it as an example of what's not possible very often for pharma because you can't just only produce inventory of a drug, especially if people's lives depend on it based on demand. You have to have lots in stock. We learned the pitfalls of lean manufacturing right during the pandemic. So it's very topical. It's something that you'll get asked whether or not you're going to be a project manager. ROI, return on investment. Seems easy until you start getting questions about, well, what metrics would you measure for this role that you're applying to in order to understand the ROI? Be ready for those. Commercialization, the process of managing or running something that results in financial gain. So this is the, the development side of R&D, for example, that most of us as PhDs coming out of academia have no experience with, so understand it. Each project should have a monetary value, period. Achieving this value should be the goal of the project, period. A successful project should deliver a product or production method right, that can be available on the market or commercialized. Joint venture a commercial enterprise that is undertaken jointly by two or more parties, which otherwise retain their distinct identities or two or more departments. Often the joint venture creates a separate business entity or separate project or department uh, to which the owner contributes, uh, right? The owners contribute assets, have equity, agree on terms. This is something very important. Again, if you're getting into tech and biotech, pharma, I would read more about this, right? The new, the, this new idea, if it involves technology or expertise, right, of more than one entity can lead to this joint venture. And how it develops depends on a business plan. A memorandum of understanding, MOU, this is an agreement between two or more parties describing the broad outlines of a, a specific project uh, that they're going to be doing together, right? It signals the intention of all parties to invest in the project and maintain guidelines, but it doesn't hold formally anybody to it. You can get out of this memorandum of understanding. It's, it's kind of like a slightly formal document before things get really formal. NDA, non-disclosure agreement or confidentiality agreement, CA, right? Or confidential disclosure agreement, CDA. It's a legally binding document. This one is legally binding. The MOU usually is not. Uh, that establishes a confidential relationship between two or more parties. Why would you need to know this? Because if you're working at a company, you're going to have a lot of B2B going on, business to business deals. And whether you're project manager, business development manager into R&D applications, whatever it is as a PhD, you're going to be involved in a lot of these. You have to understand that patents, trademarks. Okay, so get this information, learn about project management, start understanding how industry is structured, how people get things done in industry and start expanding your, your industry vocabulary. Learn to speak the language of industry. And that's something that I love helping PhDs do. Now, if you want to learn more about project management, we have an incredible advanced program called the Project Management Consortium. So if you go to our website at cheekyscientist.com, you can look up our Project Management Consortium program led by top senior project managers at companies like Lilly Pharmaceuticals and others. Excellent program. Great for learning about project management. Very important no matter what role you're getting into in industry. If you want to learn more about getting into our Cheeky Scientist Association, 
This is our flagship program that'll train you on how to get hired into the right role for you and help you find the right role, help you overcome obstacles that maybe you have faced or will face, like getting your resume into the hands of decision makers. If you're uploading your resume, you're getting a lukewarm response. You can go to phdsgethired.com. That's easy to remember, phdsgethired.com. It'll just take you to our informational page for the association. If you're interested in working with me one-on-one -on -one privately to get hired into industry, this is something that I have started to do again with select PhDs. I have trained several people to become transition specialists who will brainstorm with you where you are now and where you need to go to transition into industry. You can set up a free transition call to learn about working with me one-on-one -on -one and to brainstorm your options for transitioning into industry. All you have to do is email support at cheekyscientist.com with diamond in the subject line. And my team will take it from there and talk to you and help you figure out what's possible for your career. As always, remember your value as a PhD and start thinking and acting like a successful industry professional. I'm Isaiah Henkel, the founder of Cheeky Scientist and the creator of the Cheeky Scientist Association. I wanted to quickly tell you that memberships into the association are available to PhDs listening to Cheeky Scientist Radio by using the coupon code CheekyRadio at www.phdsgethired.com. That's phdsgethired.com, P-H-D-S-G-E-T-H-I-R-E-D.com. Simply type phdsgethired.com into your website browser, scroll down to the orange membership button and click on it, then enter the coupon code CheekyRadio to get 20% off a lifetime membership now. That's CheekyRadio, C-H-E-E-K-Y-R-A-D-I-O. Remember your value as a PhD and start thinking and acting like a successful industry professional. Are you worried about the rapidly shrinking job market? Like me, have you been seeing more and more articles on universities shutting down their research labs, furloughing employees, cutting postdocs and TAs, and even withdrawing PhD student funding? If so, it might be wise to start taking steps to protect your PhD career. You've worked very hard and very intelligently for years to establish yourself, but likely you have not reached your full career potential yet. Perhaps you're not even getting respect and you're not getting the rewards that you deserve. The good news is you can get into an industry career where you can get paid well for doing meaningful work. All you need is the right knowledge and the right network. The Cheeky Scientist Association gives you lifetime access to the world's number one PhD-only job search training platform with multiple courses and the PhD-only job referral network of over 10,000 plus industry PhDs. Now is your chance to become a lifetime member for 20% off of the association. Just use the coupon code CheekyRadio at www.phdsgethired.com. That's phdsgethired.com. P-H-D-S-G-E-T-H-I-R-E-D.com. Simply type phdsgethired.com into your website browser scroll to the orange membership button and click on it and enter the coupon code CheekyRadio to get 20% off a lifetime membership now. 
No recurring monthly fees, no recurring annual fees. Nobody else offers this. PhDsgethired.com. Use the coupon code CheekyRadio. Remember your value as a PhD and remember that knowledge is power and your network is your net worth. Oh, my God.